Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Uh, how are you doing, and how are you feeling for episode 100? Fantastic. That's uh, very surprising. <laughs> I, I, I realized at some point I made a, uh, a an episode called 99, and I think I just did it because I thought we wouldn't ever need number 99. So we've had to call this one <laughs> something different because I mixed up the, the ordering. Well, it's uh, pretty exciting to be here. Um, and I have a topic that I'm, I'm excited about. Uh, I, for context here, I, I've been going back and rereading some lean manufacturing books as I'm trying to think uh, and solidify how I want to um, apply that uh, at Tim. And mm -hmm. uh, I just finished in the last couple of days reading the book Lean Thinking, um, which is one of these uh, seminal books. This is published kind of mid-90s originally, and then there's an expanded 2003 edition. And it tied wow, in really okay. well. I remember reading it long ago, but you, you'll have to remind me. Ah, okay. Well, I, I, this is um, actually probably the same copy, given it came from the uh, the company library. Oh, from the Tim Library long ago. Excellent. That's right. So you you were probably the one who purchased it uh, for the for the library. Sure. Um, but it, it finishing that book, uh, it, it really um, tied in very well with the episode we just published last week. Of course, last week we had uh, Dominica Grandison talking about. Uh, work in progress and, and uh, making work visible, uh, which is her book, yep. and also a, a very important um, idea in Lean and uh, and also in, in Agile software, something that Agile practitioners picked up from Lean manufacturing early on. And one of the things that occurred to me is um, how the, the what we talked about last week with Dominica, of course, we actually talked about it more like a month ago with Dominica, but that we, we, we shared last week. It was a bit different. Um, the focus that, that we talked about there was kind of a, what I would say is kind of an internal inside of the team, for the most part, issue where you're looking to make things more efficient, more productive. You're looking for time theft and things like that and, and making sure you're not overburdening people so that you have a good flow throughout to improve productivity. So you can find the bottlenecks if you're if you're feeding everything you're feeding everything through one QA person. It might be better if you wrote less code and helped to do more QA. Yeah, that's right. And the uh, and that's a really important topic and it's really really valuable. And I'm glad we discussed it. But it also occurred to me as I think as I thought about the podcast and how when we started out, you and I we wrote a long list of symptoms that people would see. Uh, in their teams that would let them know they needed to troubleshoot. And uh, so I thought I thought it would be worthwhile to come back to this point about work in progress and uh, visibility and how you and I encounter it and the symptoms. Because I think, uh, and I'm going to check this with you, that the symptom we most often see related to a lack of visibility is um, a lack of trust between the business and technology. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'll typically have somebody saying, oh, those developers, they aren't doing anything or uh, something like that. And that is a very strong signal of lack of trust. <laughs> right. And it can be even strong as, you know, the developers don't care about the business is mm. uh, one that I've, I've heard more than once. Or, or coming the other side, it'll be um, those business people, they just keep giving us more stuff. They, they don't listen to us. We don't have a way to tell them what the risks are, what the challenges are, why that doesn't work. Yeah, that, that's true. And, and for me, I tend to always uh, uh, it's focus on that business side first. It, it just is my natural instinct. And you, you, it sounds like you, you probably hear more from the developers. I think I have that sort of view of like, well, we have to solve this first because, of course, the developers care about the business. So it's, it's easier for me to see it as a problem. And then I think, so when we, if the problem is output visibility, I have a sort of go-to thing, which is like, well, let's start making 
you know, incremental progress visible. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then that will have implications that will change the way work is done. And that's kind of a follow-on effect. But the first part is let's just, you know, how can we, how can we make things visible? Let's, let's talk about it. And this is something that we've been doing on Tim for the um, part of the team I've been working with most closely for a while now. Um, I think more than a year, we said um, on Monday, we said, well, let's talk about what are we going to be able to demo on Friday? What can we demo to the to the account management team that anyone who wants to see their, our progress, what what can we show them? And, and you were telling me that, that and what, what exactly is it that you show? So um, what would be a typical thing that you might show on a Friday? Yeah, and this is one, I'm glad we're going to get this because this is a part where, you know, I think I approach things a bit differently. For me, I'm happy if we can show any sort of progress. So uh, I'll look kind of across the team and we, as we discuss the work everyone's going to do, we'll say, well, and what would be demonstrable by then? So, um, of course, it, one it, one happy outcome is we have a new feature. We, you know, we've, we've changed the UI. So we, um, this happened not too long ago. We had someone give us some feedback. They wanted to see a number on the screen that wasn't there. And you know, over the, that was very easy to add. So from Monday to, to Friday, uh, yep, we can show you that number now in production. Here it is. So that's, that's the happy path. But a lot of times the work that we're being done, some, at least sometimes the, the work isn't uh, as visible and maybe there's a new API. And in that case, I often push it like, yeah, well, let's, let's show the API. Let's show the JSON output, like go ahead in the demo, you know, go, go to the terminal and, you know, W get or something like that. And pull back the JSON and say, yep, yep, here's, this is the new thing in the API. So you can see this field now, uh, or this API exists, but usually some change the API and we'll show that to people. And, and it's an opportunity for storytelling to the larger business about what we did and, and why it matters. So I'm happy to show things that are sort of invisible and also things that are in progress. So um, a, a common thing we might show would be a, a new mock-up for some element of we'll be working on soon. So people have some sense of what's coming. And in general, kind of overall explaining, um, showing artifacts uh, of, of progress. And I'm, uh, my view is that when we can start doing that, we start developing more of a, a relationship now between the business side and the technology side, the, because the people can be, become engaged, they understand the story of what's happening, and it leads to some natural interaction of like, oh, you know, uh, what, what about this? What about that? And um, yeah, that's, I've, I found that to be very positive. Fantastic. I, I usually am much more harsh than you are, and I think that's because I usually operate in much lower trust environments. And, and when I say harsh, I, and the, the reason for my question there was um, uh, I'm, I'm harsh because um, uh, I, I won't allow uh, teams that are um, doing this kind of thing that I'm working with, where I'm doing quick interventions to, to help them become much more productive fast, I usually won't allow them to show things that aren't meaningful to a customer, to an end user. Now, sometimes their end user really is another developer. So, um, And some of our listeners are probably not developers, so they might have got lost in that uh, description you were giving. That, and, and, and that would be okay with me if the customer, the person who's going to pay the money, is, um, is another developer. Uh, and so I've got a client who does complex integrations with customers' billing systems, and they're uh, local IT department, the, the client's IT department, will say, where's your API documentation? So showing API docs, showing uh, a result coming back that a, a computer can read is, is meaningful in that circumstance. But far more of the time, I've got a situation where there's a bunch of back-end developers and front-end developers 
Um, I'm going to show my age and say I remember when we didn't have any of those. But uh, you have some of those, and the and the, the back end developers will say, "Hey, I did my my bit. It, the database table is there. The API is there. You know, we haven't shown it in the front end yet. But look, I've I've done my bit." And I say that's not good enough. You need to work with front end people, or you need to create a new report that customers can use. You can create a sample. You can do a lot of different things but you need to show something that is meaningful to the rest of the business. And I do that because of this low trust environment that I often work in where people are coming to me and they're, they're hiring me because the, they're saying things like, well, these developers, they haven't done anything for six months. You know, I have nothing to show the board. Uh, our salespeople are uh, 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 writing their own stuff. They're creating their own Excel spreadsheets just to have something to show the, the, the customers in a demo because it looks the same as it did a year ago. And when you have that level of low trust saying, hey, I wrote some new code and look at this cool stuff and I can type wget in a uh, command window that just does not cut it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can. De I definitely see that. Uh, and, and, I've, and I think I've definitely experienced that before as well. So in, in this environment, you're also, I think, one of the key things you said is you are there for a relatively short time and you're looking to make a lot of change quickly. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's what's going to be interesting for me is that you kind of are now holding this as the output. You're saying we want to see visible output. What kind of frequency do you want to see kind of from everyone on the team? Is it, uh, you know, is, is, if it, we get half the team to demo and the other half doesn't, that's okay? No, absolutely not. So, and again, this is because I'm operating in a low trust environment where I'm trying to make change quickly. But my typical environment is one in which, and, and by the way, a fun symptom while we were talking about symptoms is that often I'll find these kind of abandoned structures. It's like uh, you're an archaeologist and you, you, you go find Stonehenge <laughs> and you're trying to figure out how did it get there um, because there will be a weekly demo. But nobody other than developers will go to it. Or, e or even worse, it'll be in the calendar and it's canceled every week. Um, this is right. a, a very common symptom <laughs> indicating that, <laughs> that somebody sometime tried or it was working at some point that you were making work visible, but that fell apart. And uh, a common sort of thing I hear is, you know, I couldn't follow anything at that demo, so I stopped going. Uh, so that's why I insist on it being being. Uh, um, customer meaningful, uh, at least while I'm intervening. Um, but the other difference is the frequency, because um, I uh, use a an idea that uh, that we got that I, that you told me about actually originally, which came from Alistair Coburn. We'll, we'll link to him in the show notes. Uh, called Elephant Carpaccio, and I'm not going to go into the the gory details of it. There are videos on my website and other things, but. Um, the basic idea, as I implement it, is to insist that there's customer visible, meaningful progress every single day so that um, you no don't necessarily demo every day. Weekly use usually is a good frequency. I don't go uh, less than weekly, but the... Um, Progress should be meaningful to, say, a product manager or somebody who's visiting the stand-up or somebody who's asking, where's the team today? You should be able to say, well, I made the button. It doesn't work yet. I made the report. It doesn't have any data in it yet. We've updated the number, but we haven't verified it with the customer yet. And you should be able to do that every day. Right. I, I've used that kind of technique before, and I really do like it. I Personally, when I'm developing... I like having some visible progress every day. Um, I, what I find is interesting for me is that having moved now to where I'm not uh, coding and I'm uh, at, a, at a, a more of a remove, I, um, I, I find myself reluctant to kind of impose that same level of discipline on the team since I am not doing it myself. Uh, I'm trying to develop autonomy among the team and, and ownership for what they do and, and ownership for how they move things forward. 
in. So part of that is the things that I would naturally do as a, that I, I found very useful as habits. I don't impose them. Uh, which is a very interesting for me difference in sort of how, how you and I are approaching it, which I think is lar- a lot of it probably has to do with our context. And time frame, right? So you're trying to build over time and you're okay with uh, creating autonomy over a longer time frame. I've got two months that I'm turning around the team in and I'm only with them, you know, a day or, or half a day a week. Uh, and I'm trying to get that down to six weeks. So um, I'm, I'm moving very fast and usually there's something that's significantly wrong. That's that's why I'm there. Right. So teams like yours don't hire me. <laughs> that's right. Now, the one thing though, I think, and this is, this is I want to sort of connect the dots here a, a bit more about what's going to happen because, and this is, I think, an important idea, which is we're focusing on this output, this downstream invisibility, and, we're, uh, and we'll make that a focus. What I find is that uh, uh, even in the sort of lesser version that I'm using, it makes a significant difference upstream in how people structure the work, how they conceptualize it. So it has uh, a knock-on effect when we say, you know, when I ask on Monday, I, I want to show something on Friday, what could we show? What would be possible to show? It changes the way that people approach the work for the week. Um, and it will change how they structure the work. Um, and that ends up having... Uh, a, a real knock-on effect on the team. And you have to relate to another uh, because it might be, for example, well, I guess you and I will need to work together this week because we'll want to be able to show your output. And I think you kind of alluded to that, you know, back-end developer working with front-end developer, that the interactions on the team change when they now have a shared focus on what are we going to demo to our, and, you know, in your case, uh, well, I think we could say in both cases, clients to the extent that our internal users are clients as well. And to be clear, mine can be internal too, but that you want it to be visible and meaningful to people who aren't in the technology team, who aren't writing code, who don't know what WGET is. <laughs> right. So, so you know, that's a good point. So we end up having kind of two effects. There is the, um, by focusing on this, on this visible output, on the one hand, we're changing the relationships between the team and the people outside of it. We're building trust uh, and a level of accountability and a level of collaboration, in my experience, uh, through this. And then second, you have this effect on the team and how they interact and, and create the work. Yeah. And one thing that I often get as an objection is that if we changed our way of working that way, Squirrel, um, we would individually get less done. And that's when I usually write the um, the inequality throughput greater than utilization on a whiteboard nearby. Um, because uh, what I'm interested in is not getting the very fastest route to whatever the output is supposed to be. I don't want to get the, the full, beautiful, perfect report completely finished and in customers' hands as fast as I can. Because if I did that, then it might make sense to build the database first and then build the business logic and then build the validations and only then put something on top. Um, that, that usually is the very fastest method to get to an output. But the problem is nobody can see it as you're going. You don't build trust and you don't have an opportunity to course correct. So that's why I tend to tell people who, who object by saying, this is going to be slower. We'll have to pair. I won't be able to um, put my headphones on and, and concentrate all day. And therefore, I'll be slower. And I say, yes, good. <laughs> I agree. There's often a, a strong tra- trade-off here. And I, and I think this is an interesting idea because now you're kind of getting into you know, even broader team dynamics uh, and the idea of um, moving away from local optimizations uh, to system-wide optimizations. You know, the, 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 we're, we're getting output across the whole system and we're valuing that above the 
uh, individual point, which having just finished, as I mentioned, lean thinking is a, really uh, bring, brings a, a kind of back uh, to the whole. And if we tie that to, to what we did uh, last week with uh, Dominica, uh, it's it, a similar type of thing. Now we've gotten to the point where we're saying, what's the overall view of the system? Let's visualize the whole thing. And how can we streamline what we're doing to, uh, to get flow, to get regular output and to uh, improve our, our overall process? And if we want to bring it full circle, then we can remind ourselves about um, the the old notion. Now I, I'm never good at pronouncing this, so we'll we'll put the link in the show notes, and you can try to try out your Japanese. But Genshi Gunbunsu uh, <laughs> is the notion from the Toyota production system that you should go and see. That's all it means is go and see what's happening. And the old story, um, which apparently is apocryphal, but I, I really like it, is that managers had a, a circle on the floor drawn in chalk, and they had to stand in that circle and observe the conveyor belt going by the assembly line operating, and uh, they couldn't go outside the circle. I imagine these days you'd also have to turn off your mobile phone, so you'd, <laughs> you'd actually have to pay attention to, to what was happening in front of you. And that's the point, is that you you um, once you have a regular rhythm of sharing output, then you are creating, I usually find, an interest from the rest of the business, from from people, uh, especially leaders, but also people in sales and marketing and, and other folks who have to integ integrate with your work and your technology team, th that you create this interest in them. And so they, and you have created the circle on the factory floor, you've created a mechanism for them to, to see your work. And when you get that virtuous cycle going where people are interested, they, they haven't lost interest because they think nothing's happening, they can observe the progress, and developers are adjusting their work so they can make more visible, you, know, you get quite a nice virtuous circle going. Right. I, I love it. And there's so much more we can get into from here, but I think which is we don't end up explaining all of, uh, you know, agile and lean software development theory. Uh, that's probably a good point for us to uh, to end on. Sounds like a good plan. Well, we'd love to hear from listeners. If you'd like us to explore any of these ideas further, lean thinking, Genchi Gunbunsu, uh, or maybe even learn to pronounce it, uh, Elephant Carpaccio, any of these ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the place to do that is troubleshootingagile.com, where you can find us on email and Twitter and other fun stuff. We have a book coming out called Agile Conversations. You can pre-order it now. Links will be in the show notes, and you can join our mailing list for more information regularly from us. We're going to be starting that around Christmas as we get going on promotion for the book. And, of course, we're uh, here every Wednesday, so we appreciate it when you click some kind of subscribe button and whatever you use to listen to us. We're here every week with more insights into how you can troubleshoot in your Agile team. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl.